confuse consistency, doing something consistently and doing something constantly and they think it's synonymous and it's not, right? So instead of do, feeling like you need to do something all day, every day, it's instead switching that mindset and being like, what's one thing I can do today and do every single day after that as well. Welcome everyone to Life is Lisa podcast. Our mission at Lapis Lisa is to share people's stories and the challenges that they have overcome so that those who are listening in can get the strength, the courage, and the hope to be their better selves. Today, we have a guest who has a grand vision for her life, and she is not shying away to do the hard work to get there. She started her side hustle in 2019 alongside her full-time studies as a holistic nutritionist. And now she is in the top 2% of her, of her current company, running for top 1% of her current company. And she does health and well-being for a living and is coaching hundreds of others to do so. Surya, welcome to the show. Oh my goodness, thank you for having me and what an incredible introduction. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to have you here. And let's start there. You mentioned many times that you do health and well-being for a living. So where did you start? How did you get to this point? Where where did your journey start? Totally. Well, it's funny because it's something that kind of just started off as like a tagline as like a funny saying. And then the more that I really thought about it, it's like that is actually now truly what I do. And when people ask me what I do, I feel like that's one of the best ways to actually represent that. Um, but I, you know, my life that I have right now and what I do and how I spend my days looks completely night and day different than how my life was two and a half years ago. So prior to me being in the network marketing company that I am now, I was in school full time studying my passion, which was holistic nutrition. Um, but then I also had this like other life where I was working full time in a successful retail store that I've been working at for years. So, and as much as I learned so much from working in retail, specifically at that company, I grew a ton. Um, they did not prioritize health and wellness. And anyone I feel like who works like shift work, you know, they, they know it's not easy on your health, like at all, right? Like a 30 minute break and, you know, like to scarf down to food, you're working like every weekend on the holidays, like it's tough, right? You don't get to prioritize your health health and wellness. So, and you're usually quite stressed. So I was in school learning about all these things, diving into it, so passionate. And then right after school, I'd go into this workplace that was like total night and day opposite. So I had known that I had always wanted to work um, in health and wellness, and I'd always wanted to um, work for myself. That was always huge, right? I just never really knew how that would be possible. So I initially thought I was going to start my own nutrition practice, taking on clients, but I had to wait first to be graduated school to do that. And I wanted to do something like while I was in school, I wanted to do something right away. So I actually got reached out to over Instagram from this complete stranger over in Australia, some girl I'd never even met before. And she literally sent me a, a DM being like, hey, you know, I've been following your page for a little while now. Like I can tell you're super into health and wellness. Have you ever thought about starting your own health and wellness business? And I was like, oh my God, I think about that every day. <laughs> I was like, yes, I do. Um, and so she shared with me the network marketing company that we're a part of. She shared with me the business model and the products and how it all works. And I actually watched her on the sidelines. Like after she told me all about it, I kind of watched her um, for about six months because I was just like, 
creeping her because I was just nervous about, you know, fully jumping all in. And then after six months of literally just having like FOMO and just watching her live this incredible life, a life that I'd always wanted to live, I was like, okay, we just need to jump in and do this. So I jumped in, I registered and honestly, since there, I've just like never, never looked back and it's really grown into something that I'd always dreamed of, dreamed of. I just never thought possible. And I also never thought it would be in the shape and the form of network marketing. Wow. I just got goosebumps multiple (laughs) times throughout your story. It was just incredible. It's especially that moment when a complete stranger just reaches out to you. It sounds like a scene from a movie. Yeah. It, it just know. sounds surreal. I know. And, you know, there is this quote that says basically that there are multiple opportunities in your life. It's basically like a bus. It comes and goes, but you have to be prepared and ready to take the opportunity when it does come. And looking and hearing your story, you were already studying nutrition and studying something that you're very interested in. And you knew maybe not in exact form or shape that you would like to jump in more into that, but you knew what, that you want to do so. And you were open-minded to different shapes of forms it could be coming in. Mm-hmm. So when the opportunity came, you just jumped on it and was open-minded to give it a go. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, how did you trust yourself that it will work out? Because you said it's something that you have never envisioned and it's not a typical job that anyone talks about. This is very true. Yeah, it's, that's a very good question. Um, there were two things. There were two things for sure. The first thing was that I knew that above anything else, I had a really strong work ethic. Like I knew I didn't know the products. I didn't know anyone doing the business. I didn't know much about the, you know, the compensation plan. I had to read like 500 times until I understood it. There, there was a lot I didn't know. But one thing that I knew for sure, and of course, I, never, I didn't know if I was going to be successful or not. Like I didn't know the future. Um, but one thing that I really knew is that I'm a hard worker and that no matter what I do, if I decide to give it my own, decide to go all in, I know I'll work really, really, really hard at it. And I started looking at other women who were also doing the same thing and, and who were seeing, you know, so much success. And I was like, you know, they're not that different from me, you know, sure, they might look different or they um, have a different background or whatever it may be, but they're all, I could just tell are just all hardworking and all driven. Mm. And I knew I was those two things. And I was like, you know, if I can just lean on my work ethic and I can lean on, you know, my drive, I know that that'll at least take me somewhere. So I really trusted in myself knowing that, um, knowing what I was capable of. Um, and then also I had, I'm not going to lie. Like I had, when I finally jumped in, I had a fear of failing right? I had a fear of it going wrong, <laughs> you know, and I'm super honest about that because I, I think there's a lot of people who look at what I do and they're like, I want to do what you do as well, but I'm so afraid of not being successful. Um, and that's totally normal. I think every single person has that fear, but I actually kind of let that fear drive me and I let that mm-hmm. fear motivate me um, because I was like, you know, we got to make, like, it was almost a little bit for the ego, but like the good mm-hmm. sense of the ego, not the bad, right? It was almost like, I kind of have to prove myself. I kind of have to make this work. And I let myself be a little bit driven or not driven, but like motivated by that fear of not only, oh, you know, I don't want to not succeed at this, but also if I don't succeed at this, my plan B is going back to the retail job. That makes me so unhappy, mm-hmm. you know? And you think it's so powerful that, 
you know, you not only had had a force that's pulling you up, but you also had kind of a force that pushing you from your back as well. You knew what you do want and you knew also what you don't want. And I think that's a powerful combination. And instead of fearing, failing at something, you just let it actually drive you and push you forward. And I think this is so, so powerful because yeah. something that I just want to mention, because the first time you try something, you're probably not going to be that great at it. And if you let that reinforce your belief that actually you will fail or you're everyone, all everyone who says something negative about this life choice of yours were right, that actually will change your behaviors and you will not act in the way that will help you succeed. You'll actually start failing and reinforcing that belief. So I just love it. How you reframe it. You're like, let me push it. Let me, I cannot go back to the life that I didn't desire. It was so, so great. Thank you. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think so many people, um, there's, you know, kind of a fear that, oh, we can't, you know, we just have to be thinking positive all the time. And we have to have this, you know, super strong, crystal clear mindset to be able to accomplish anything. And, you know, if you're afraid, lean into that, lean into that and let that fuel you. You know what I mean? Instead of just trying to push it to the side and trying to pretend it's not there, it's there. So feel it and lean into it. Um, and it might take you somewhere that you, you know, never thought you'd be. So I stand by that exactly. for sure. And I live by that. And I love that you also mentioned the hard work because it's something mm -hmm. that you also mentioned in your story when you said that nothing good comes easy. And when I saw others quit, I just kept on going. Yeah. <laughs> and this is such a powerful belief that nothing good comes easy and that you actually had this belief and it let it push you. Mm -hmm. Where did you get this belief from? Were you aware that you have this belief? It's funny. Yeah. Cause I, I feel like that belief that I have now is, is actually it's, it's evolving as I evolve because now at the point that where I'm at now, it's like, I don't even necessarily a hundred percent agree with that statement anymore. Like at the point mm. that I'm at now in my kind of spiritual journey, I'm like, you know, good things can come easy. You know, good things can be easy and they can flow to you. But that idea that I had and that is still I still do believe in it um, was definitely ingrained in me when I was when I was little. So I grew up with um, mm -hmm. I grew up I was raised by a single mom, completely raised by her. Mm -hmm. We grew up in low income housing in Vancouver and she she showed me the way and she showed me, you know, she it taught me whether it was conscious or not that, yeah, you know, like you if I wanted to provide for myself, I could, and I can be independent. You know what mm. I mean? And, and she kind of allowed me to do that, even though she looks back and she's like, Oh God, like I failed you. It's like, no, she gave me the greatest gift, which was my independence. Mm. You know what I mean? So mm. I learned at a super, super young age that, you know, if you want something to happen, you can go out and you can make it happen yourself. Like you cannot rely on anyone else. Um, and I knew like, you know, I know top 2% or top 1%, I didn't think that would that was going to be easy. Of course not. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's top two or top 1% for a reason. So I just, again, knew the work ethic that I had and I was willing to put in the work. Like, I feel like if I could rephrase that now, it was that it could be hard or it could be easy, but no matter what, I'd do it. You know what I mean? And that's what I feel a lot more connected to now. But not to say that my my thoughts back then were bad. It was just that's where I was at in, my, in the level of my, my spiritual journey. You know what I mean? And it was perfect because I needed that. But now I feel like that's where I'm at now. And that's how it's yeah. evolved. <laughs> yeah. 
And yeah. uh, if your mom is listening, let's give her a shout out. Shout out. Definitely. Patricia, yeah. <laughs> she's the best. Literally the best. Oh, moms and what they do for the children. It's just, it's absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And on uh, the beliefs note, I wanted to touch upon limiting beliefs and what limiting beliefs ha- have you broken recently or are currently in the process of breaking? Because I see that you're evolving a lot, even something that you mentioned, you know, two years ago, now you has, you're already at the different stage of your journey. Yeah. I think one that I really, really love that I've been really honing in on recently is that um, by prioritizing you and by being selfish, it's actually the like the most selfless thing you can do. And that's mm-hmm. something that I feel like I've been really kind of honing in on and really learning and just letting go of, oh, like, you know, I need to be taking care of everyone. Or if I'm, if I'm prioritizing my joy and myself first, that's being selfish when really it's, it's literally the most selfless act you can do. So that's been really powerful for me for sure. And like filling up your cup first before you can pour it to others, which I know so many people say, but it's so much harder said than done or so much easier said mm-hmm. than done. Um, and then also the, the, the hard work. I think that, um, for a long time, I had a very big hustle mentality and I still do like that's, that's the core of who I am. It's never going to go away. Like it's ingrained in me. Um, but you know, I always felt like you have to push really hard and you have to hustle and you have to really, you know, and I'm now more tuning into more of like a receptive feminine energy where it's like, things can come to me. We can attract, like we can, you know, we can surrender and like, you know, Mm. let go of control and the universe will take care of us. And those are all been lessons that I've still, I'm still consistently learning mm. and, and still practicing. Mm. That, that's so interesting because, you know, this balance between feminine and masculine energy mm. is something I've been thinking a lot lately mm-hmm. because personally, I feel like I'm a lot in this masculine energy. I'm like, okay, there's a problem. Okay. There's a solution. Let's yeah. make it happen. I can work, 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 work. And then just Recently, I uh, was journaling and I thought, I don't really feel connected to my feminine energy and just being so aligned with the universe where I see why things happen and it kind of attracting things happening to me at the same time. And I find it quite hard just to find this balance in between how how is letting go connected to actually being lazy or maybe when when knowing basically when you just need to push a bit harder versus when you actually need to let go. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or if you also had a similar challenge. Totally. I mean, I do. And I think I do all the time. And I don't think I'm ever going to come to a place where I'm like, I feel perfectly balanced with my masculine and feminine energy. Like it's always (laughs) going to be a dance. It's always going to be a dance for sure. But one thing that I do know is that I have a lot of energy to work like hard and to and pour mm-hmm. a lot of energy into things I'm really passionate about. I'm sure you're really similar. Um, but what I try to be aware of is when it stops feeling good, mm-hmm. right? Cause like say I'm putting like a lot of energy and I'm working super hard and I'm hustling. Like a lot of the times I love it and I'm feeling super mm-hmm. good and I'm feeling light and I love what I do. And that's when I know that it's actually coming from like a spiritually aligned place and like, you know, a good place. But then as soon as I'm like starting to dread it 
or as soon as I'm feeling like it's heavy or it's not fun or lighting me up, that's when I'm like, okay, I need to take a step back and maybe I need to step more into my femininity and, and be a little bit more receptive instead of trying to like push, push, push. So that's like the one cue that I like to think about is, is this, is this feeling good? Do I feel good right now? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I, I love it. I, I think it's so practical and easy just to have that check in question with yourself. How does it feel? Because intuitively we do know when we start going too much into one side or the other. So I love it. Yeah. And when you said you start then moving a bit more to your feminine energy or femininity, how do, what do you do? Is there any rituals that you would do? Any tasks? Would you change something up with your routine? <laughs> how do you tap, tap into the divine feminine? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. And you know, it's so funny because it's so different for everyone. You know what I mean? And it's, it's so, it's so personal, um, to each individual. But like, for me, the best thing I can do is like, put my phone down, unplug. If I can go outside, go in nature. If I'm inside, mm. maybe take up my space, light a candle, draw a bath. Mm. You know what I mean? T like tune into a book or an audio book. Like, it's kind of like I, I just press pause on everything. And I just do things that I know will instantly make me feel good and put me more in a place of just like stillness instead of like, go, go, go. So it kind of looks different every day. Um, actually, I got a, I got really good advice recently and I've been trying to put it more into practice and it's to put on a good song, put on a song, put on some music. And it's funny. I, you, like my boyfriend makes fun of me because I always work in complete silence, like silence no. and he always makes fun of me he's like are you like a psychopath like you're just working in silence and so i've recently <laughs> been like trying to put on music and like good music and actually it's it's really amazing like to put on like a favorite song and just like you know enjoy yourself or you know revel in it it feels really really good so i think when i'm yeah when i'm trying to tap in, tap back into my feminine energy i'm just like how can i pause and how can i how can i feel good and how can i nurture myself right away Mm, I love it. Also, another thing that a friend of mine just recently mentioned, because I had, I also asked her this question, how does she tap into her feminine energy? And she said that she has this feeling whenever she's in her masculine energy, that she is in her head and she's like, go, 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 problem solving, thinking, thinking, thinking. Right. And she says, and feminine energy is more like in your heart and in your body. So she mm -hmm. would just try to make that switch in between her head to her body. And it could be anything like going for a walk, going to nature, meditating, journaling, reading a book, but anything that would bring the attention from like your head to your heart, to your body. And okay. I thought that's just so such a useful trick because that's exactly, it could be, it could manifest in different ways for everyone and everyone has their own ways to tap into their body, but to actually try to like reconnect and ask your body how it's feeling is such a great way to just check in on your feminine energy. I love that. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, I'm loving this conversation. Um, <laughs> I also wanted to, um, something because the, most of the people who are listening to this podcast are girls. And I wanted to touch upon a topic that have, has been quite of a big interest to me recently, and it is sales. Mm -hmm. So many people have quite a negative perception towards sales mm -hmm. and just what sales is and what it does, because it kind of feels that you're just trying, you know, to sell something 
um, kind of benefit from the person and it has got this negative reputation. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on sales and what advice would you give to anyone about doing sales or embarking on this journey? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that question. And I think it's so true. And, you know, how I always look at it is that there's always going to be a dark and a light to everything, right? There's always going to be people doing things that are um, not spiritually aligned. And there's people who are going to be doing things spiritually aligned. And that's not just in sales. That's like doctors, lawyers, um, business people, writers, like content creators. There's, you know, no matter what profession you're doing, it can be done from a good place or a bad right? Like it has nothing to do with the profession itself. That's usually neutral. It's usually the intention that that person's putting behind it, right? So I don't want to sit here and be like, sales are amazing. Everyone who does sales is so great because like that's that's totally not the case. And I know that there's people who are doing it with ill intention, unfortunately, right? Mm. But how I've always looked at sales is that sales is service. You know what I mean? Mm. Sales really is service. And when I look around like the things that I love the most, like the apartment that I live in, the car that I drive, the clothes that I wear, that was all sold to me. You know what I mean? Mm. Regardless if it was like in a sales way, salesy way or not, someone sold me these things. You know what I mean? And I am so happy with them and my life would be so different without them. You know what I mean? And I cherish them. And so when I really think of sales, like I think of sales really being a, a tool and a service to help people right? At least it can be. And for anyone who, you know, is maybe in sales right now or wanting to get into sales, but then they're like a little bit worried about it. My first thing would be like, do you really feel connected with what you're selling? Right? Like mm. first and foremost, like, do you genuinely feel connected? Do you genuinely love it? Cause I've, so I've worked in retail. I've sold clothes that I don't care about and it hasn't mm -hmm. felt in alignment. Right. But now I sell nutrition products, self-care products that I absolutely adore and I want everyone mm. to try it. So I feel so good about it. Right. So first and foremost, what are you selling? Is it important mm. to you? Is it in alignment with you? Do you genuinely love it? That's like always going to be the first step. Right. And then the second tip that I would give or second thing to look about or think about is, um, are you sharing them genuinely? Right. Like, are you sharing them from a place of your heart? Right. Because I think so many people, they're like, you know, even ask me, they're like, oh, like, how do you how do you sell? Like, I need sales tips or whatever. And I always say, like, and people are like, is this right? Is this wrong? And I always say, if you're sharing something genuinely from the heart, whether it be sales or not, like if you're doing something that's authentic to you and genuine to you and true to you, you can never be wrong, right? Mm. You can never wrong people and you can never be wrong because it's coming from a place of like true authenticity. Um, and then the last thing I would say is, you know, maybe build your belief around sales. Like, do you really, mm. do you believe that, you know, sales can be like a grimy or like a gross industry or do you feel like it can be like sleazy because of that's mm. how you're feeling, <laughs> excuse me, feeling about sales, no matter what you do or what you say, that's the energy you're going to give off, right? But if you truly believe like that sales is service and sales, you know, has the ability to change a lot of people's lives, you're going to feel a lot better. And that's going to translate so much more to your client or consumer. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's just such an important belief to have that actually you are, nothing would be here if somebody did not create it and then sell it to you. Mm -hmm. And I think that just such an important aspect that's being missed. And indeed there's just 
because of the reputation they being more like no notorious for the negative side or aspect of salespeople, this beautiful act of actually selling and servicing people has ha has gotten a negative reputation. And do you think that, because you mentioned that when you work in the retail, you also were doing sales. So do you think the skills that you got from retail actually got transferred, but just now with a project that, uh, with a product that you truly love and that was like hundred X for it, or was it a completely new set of skills? 100%. I think everything that I learned working retail, I mean, I worked retail for like almost five years. And then after, before that, I was working like almost five years in the restaurant industry. So talking to people, communicating with people, um, the psychology of people and just seeing how people react and, you know, communicating, mm -hmm. problem solving. Um, absolutely. It's helped every step of the way, for sure. I think that I've, I've definitely honed in on different skills and I've definitely found more of my groove and I've definitely, um, you know, yeah, I've definitely learned a lot more doing what I'm doing, but I for sure wouldn't be here or where I am now without the skills that I learned in retail, for sure. Mm. I also wanted to quickly touch on what you said just before that, because um, I think it's also so important if someone's listening to this or watching this and, and they, you know, want to get into sales, but they feel like, you know, it kind of, they don't love the industry or don't, they don't love what, um, how people have quote unquote, tainted the industry, I felt really similar about network marketing before I started. And that was actually a huge reason as to why I decided to jump in because I was like, I can be the positive change here, right? Like mm -hmm. I can be the one to blaze a different trail. You know, I can be the one who can change the perception of this because I know how, how much this could help people. I just know people are seeing it in the wrong light. But if I'm not the first person to try to change that, it's going to continue to have that same stigma, right? So if someone's watching this being like, I, and it doesn't even have to be this industry, any industry. And they're like, I love, you know, I want to be in it, but I just don't love it. Like go be the game changer of that industry, go and, and, and be the disruptor and like, and change that perception. Cause it's so possible. And it all starts with one person. I love how proactive you are. <laughs> I, I can really see that you worked on your mindset because you're like, instead of thinking, oh my God, this industry is just uh, going nowhere. You know, like, I could be the one to change the industry. And that's the mindset I will, I want every, every one of our listeners to have. <laughs> me too. Me too. Cause I think that we don't give ourselves like enough credit. You know, mm -hmm. I think that we always think of ourselves as really small. At least that's how society tries to make us look at mm -hmm. ourselves. And I think the more that we can kind of hone into our own personal like power and mastery, like the more that we're going to be able to make such a larger impact on the world. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this funny quote from Dalai Lama, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which says, if you're thinking that you're too small to make a difference, Try sleeping with a mosquito in her in a cl cl closed room. That's so good. Oh my god, that's so good. I love that. <laughs> I was like, never felt small again. <laughs> because it doesn't matter. And I, I think what's quite interesting because even as one individual, you're actually making so much difference. And you would actually not even know that because many people who are even following you or interacting with you, they don't give you actively back the feed, feedback back, telling you how much you've changed in their lives. So just, you know, by uh, don't feel too small, even if you don't get the direct feedback, because you are changing people's life by being true to yourself and holding yourself to high 
standards and improving and just stories. When people see someone changing and getting better and better, it's so inspiring. And so, there's nothing that's more heartbreaking for me than to see someone not believing in themselves or never living up to their potential. Mm -hmm. That's just heartbreaking. Me too. Me too. And just another thing I wanted to mention on sales is, I don't know if you know Tony Robbins. Yes, love him. Um, so he said that one of the first events that he has organized, he decided to organize it completely for free. So he hmm. spent uh, some of his personal money to organize the marketing, rented this beautiful location, um, was waiting for like thousands of people to show up. And on the day, it was like no. three people showed up, three. And he was like, of course, it's it's me. So he gave like a full blown training. They were shocked, you know, to have <laughs> just basically one-on-one -on -one with Tony Robbins. Can you imagine? Oh my goodness. <laughs> that guy's intense. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> and then he thought that it's also quite interesting that unless people buy something, they don't feel uh, that it is that good actually, and they're not fully invested in it. And it will you're actually doing them a disservice by not help. It will not help them basically just to give away so many things for free. Totally. I completely agree. Yeah. yeah. I love Tony Robbins view on sales. He, um, he really spoke to, like, I've, I've done a lot of his trainings and, um, every time he talks Ooh. about service I, or selling as service, I'm always like, yes, this is so exactly on point. And it's so funny because like during his trainings, you know, after his trainings are done, he'll usually do a sales segment where he's promoting his other programs. Right. And, you know, it's so amazing because I'm just like, yes. I'm like, tell me more. Like I show me, like, show me what I'm missing. Like, it's so funny now that I, my whole mindset on sales has changed. I love being sold too. I love it. I love the whole experience. I love when people are selling me something. I'm like, tell me more. Like what else? Like upsell me. I love it because like, you know, especially if they're coming from a good place, like they're sharing something that they love and they really think it's going to impact me. You know what I mean? And they're, they're taking precious time and energy to really just like pour into me. And I, I love it. So, so funny you mentioned him because, you know, and then everyone else is like in the chat being like, oh God, here's more selling. And then there's me being like, yes, tell me more. Like, You're like, yes. Tell me. <laughs> Sell to me. <laughs> I've also, I've done his, um, event, which was breakthrough 2022. And also there was Dean Graziosi and also they were talking about sales and I was like, oh my God, this sounds fascinating because as you mentioned in one of your tips about sales, your intention matters and for it to be coming from a good place because people feel it. People feel it if you're trying to help them or you're just trying to sell to them. And they sense the desperation if you're just trying to sell to them or they sense the connection and genuine desire to help them and bring them up and... Do you have any rituals that set you up before you do any sales? Do you do um, anything before you do a sale? I love that question. Um, you know, probably not consciously, but I definitely know like, you know, when I'm sitting down to like really plug into work, which is really in a sense, plugging into sales and, and, and doing sales, I always make sure like, I know I'm gonna have a, a really good work sesh if I number one, move my body before. I work out and move my body does not have, like, I'm not a gym person. Doesn't have to be a crazy hard workout, but like 
some type of moving my body is like super important. Um, and then hydrating. Absolutely. Like I love to make my little drink and just have like my little morning routine where it's like, I can, I know I'm fueling my body with things that feel good. Um, and then also a little bit of personal development. So whether that be like a 30 minute podcast, um, reading 10 pages of a book, listening to 20 minutes of an audio book, just like fueling my brain with good subcon, like, you know, good info and, mm. and good subconscious. Like it's, it just really sets me up mentally. And I always say like my number one tip in network marketing, or if you're in sales, you've got to prioritize personal development because if you're not mm. there, like strong mentally and there mentally, um, you're going to get faced with rejection as anyone in sales does. And it's going to be heartbreaking on you. <laughs> So if you're not strong and if you're not like constantly flooding your brain with good, positive info and growing your mindset, um, it's going to be, it's going to feel really challenging and it's going to feel really defeating. Um, but as yeah. long as you're continuously growing your mindset, your business is just going to grow as a result. So yeah, that's like my little, it's not even like a pre-sale ritual. It's just like my everyday, like I, I move my body, I hydrate and like make my drink, do something that feels good. And plug into personal development. Mm, I love it. I love how those small rituals actually set ourselves up for success. Yes. And actually I do feel the biggest difference if I don't follow my morning routine. I'm like, oh no, I set myself up for failure and mm -hmm. I don't really, I don't have control anymore of my day. I don't know how to <laughs> because, Yeah. Because as you mentioned, inevitably, either you will make a mistake or if you're sales, you'll probably get rejected. Um, mm. And then you need to deal with it. And you for sure need to be strong and bulletproof yourself with those morning or daily rituals that you do. Totally. And I love that you mentioned rejection and I love that you mentioned that everyone faces rejection. Mm -hmm. So, and that is hard to break because it is. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So how, how, how did you deal with your first few rejections? Um, and what, what, what advice would you give to your younger self going through rejection or was it not that heartbreaking for you? That's a really good question. I think I knew from the get go that rejection was just part of this process. Like it was really ingrained into me from pretty much the start because I really did kind of um, research my industry and I tuned into, you know, I plugged into all the resources, tuned into every training. And they always said like, mm -hmm. this is inevitable and it has nothing to do with your success. Um, it actually mm -hmm. just means you're putting yourself out there and doing the work. Right. So I learned really early on um, pretty much from the get go to like celebrate the rejections, we have this thing mm. celebrate our nose because that actually means that you're out there and you're, you know, doing the work. And, you know, I always say like, we're, we're so not in control of if a person says yes or no to us, we're only in control of, of the ask of asking them. Right. So I really detached myself from the nose, but I feel like that's easy for me to say now. I feel like probably two and a half years ago when I got my first no, I probably was like, probably shed like a tear or something. I don't know. Who knows? Probably. Um, but you know, if I could say anything to my younger self, um, I would say, you know, it's so interesting. I now have worked like some people on the team and the people I've been exposed to, they're actors, they're models, they're musicians, right? And when they get rejected, when they hear no, it's because of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they're how they look or how they act or how they perform. 
right? And props to the actors and the musicians and the models out there because that is so insanely hard. Um, I just remembered like, like I would tell myself, you know, when people say no to you and they say no to your product or they say no to your business, they're not saying no to you. They're saying no mm. to your product or saying no to your business, right? And mm. so I, that's what I would just remind my younger self is that this has nothing to do with you. This has everything mm. to do with the products and the business. You, you're, I'm irrelevant. I'm just a messenger, right? Um, mm. I would definitely say that. And then I would also just say like, yeah, keep celebrating the no's. Keep remembering that it's the part of the process. And I always say like rejection is just redirection. And, you know, mm. you have to kind of remember that or not remember trust. You have to have faith that for whatever reason that person said no, that was for the greatest good. Mm. You know, and you just have to have faith in that. And mm. I think I'm really tuning into that now. And I feel like if I um, was tuning into that at the very beginning of my journey, I feel like that would have been really, really powerful. Mm. Wow, that's so beautiful. Thanks. And yeah. you go, it's not my own quote. I didn't. I didn't quote that. That's definitely something I read. Don't don't give me all credit, but <laughs> and all credit goes to. <laughs> um, I love that you said that. Actually, when you get a no, it's not. It doesn't have to do with your self worth, and it's not that someone sells to you no to you as a human. Like no, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it can feel like that. It can really mm. feel like that, especially at the beginning. Um, we can take things really personally. And I've just, you know, I think it's the best thing that you can do is just try to take yourself out of that and have, you know, not not feel so personally attached to it, right? Because it has mm. nothing to do with you, really, at the end of the day. I was reading in one of the books just now, it had, um, if I'm not mistaken, please don't quote me on that, but it was Phil Jackson who is the trainer, the most successful coach, basically in the American history. He yes. trained uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. And he was saying that he started actually determining his success by how embarrassed he felt. Mm, that's so, so good. And I loved it because when he was starting off, you know, if you start actually, if, if you feel embarrassed, it's doing, it's meaning that you're going for things that are outside of your comfort zone and you're actually trying. So actually when he said that, I was like, oh my God, imagine more people actually were like, how embarrassed did I feel today? And then if yeah. you didn't feel embarrassed, like, oh, too bad. Like I actually did not move that much today. I did everything that was already in my comfort zone and I knew how to do it. Oh my gosh. But when that reminds me of one of my one of my um, favorite interviews ever, and it's um, Tony Robbins interviewing. Um, I'm forgetting her name, which is horrible, but she was the inventor of Spanx. Oh, and Sarah. Then, yes, yes, and and she's talking about how when she was younger, her dad would sit her and her brother at the dinner table every night and say, "Okay, kids, how did you fail today?" And that's what they would celebrate. And that's what they would talk about. And I remember when I heard that, like, I think it was like a year and a half ago, that completely changed my business and how I view, um, how I view everything actually, because like you said, like, imagine if we just celebrated less the outcome and more people going out there and doing the act, regardless of what the outcome brought. Yeah. Oh my God. Imagine if not fail, not, if not failing would be not cool. <laughs> Right. It's like, oh my God, you're so lame. You did not fail today. 
Imagine we just completely flipped the script on like what that even meant. That would, that's, yeah, that's goals. That's goals. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, for sure. Um, and um, is there any advice? So you, you've given a bit of the uh, sales advice and is there any advice in terms of the business, any other sides of the business or skills that you learned? Because sales is one part of it. You, I know that you're also coaching other people. You're doing probably so much more even behind the scenes. Mm. Yes. I mean, there's, you know, there's so much. I think that it's so interesting because, you know, business is like the advice that I give to business for, for business advice is so similar to the advice that like coaches give their athletes. And like, I just feel like that, that advice, it can just really work in just about every facet of your life. So there's so much, but definitely a couple things that I really, I really, um, I really truly believe in, and I take with me everywhere. The first one would probably be consistency. And this mm -hmm. is like put into whatever you do, but I think especially, um, in network marketing or just in business in general is just, is being consistent. I think showing up every single day. Um, and that doesn't mean all day people mm -hmm. confuse consistency, doing something consistently and doing something constantly. And they think it's synonymous and it's not right. So instead of do, feeling like you need to do something all day, every day, it's instead switching that mindset and being like, what's one thing I can do today and do every single day after that as well. Right. So consistency is huge, huge, huge. Um, another thing that you already mentioned is just never giving up. I feel like that's mm -hmm. really the biggest thing. I always say like, if you want to succeed in network marketing, you just have to keep going. And that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. The only way you can fail is if you give up, um, and to not quit on a bad day. So many people quit mm -hmm. on bad days. I'll quit on their worst day and we're all going to have those bad days. You know what I mean? They're so normal. They're so natural. And so you know, you just make that a non-negotiable that on your worst day, you're going to keep going and you're going to stay the course. Cause usually on your worst days, that means that something really amazing is just right around the corner. Um, and it's just that little test right from the universe. Um, but yeah, consistency, never giving up. And I think, you know, honestly, my last one would be just to have fun. I think that's one that I think people really lose track of. Um, and I think that if you can bring joy and if you can bring playfulness and if you can bring a sense of like ease to whatever it is you're doing, it's going to come up, it's going to translate so much more. People are going to love it so much more. You're going to enjoy it so much more, which then means you're going to be more consistent. You know what I mean? Like, I think it really comes down to, you know, having fun and prioritizing that more. You know, I mm. think that you know, the team that I coach, and yeah, the team that we have, we're such a family, we're so tight knit and we're such good friends. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we have this lightness to us, you know, mm -hmm. we, we take everything lightly and we have fun and we send memes and we make jokes and like, it's, mm -hmm. it's a very like uplifting, fun community to be surrounded with. And I think mm -hmm. that that's one of the reasons why we're so successful and so impactful. Oh. And when, when you start coaching people or when somebody just joins the company, what yeah. are the most common fears or concerns or doubts or insecurities that people have? Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> like, Where do I start? <laughs> um, I, think, I think a lot of people will be number one, afraid what people are going to think. That is always the number mm -hmm. one thing. And that's always what it comes down to is afraid of judgment of others right? That's what they fear most is the judgment. Um, 
that's for sure. And then that can stem from, you know, that translates to anything that's like, oh, like, is this Instagram story post good? Oh, is am I wording this right? Is this, you know, the right thing to do? But that's all because they're afraid of being judged. Should it not be quote unquote right or good? Right. So that mm-hmm. is like definitely the number one thing. I think people are also really um, afraid of failure. I feel mm-hmm. like people are afraid of putting themselves out there and being vulnerable and then not seeing the success that they want to see or not seeing whatever result they want to see from that. I think that's huge as well. Um, and then, yeah, I think that, I think those are probably the, the two, the two most, most common ones. It's like, yeah, people are just afraid to put themselves out there and be vulnerable, which I totally understand. I totally, totally understand. Um, but it all really does stem from a fear of what other people are going to think. Mm, I love it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, we, we'll start making changing the culture. We we'll start making the failure cool, and then maybe people will start thinking as much what other people think. By the way, you mentioned also uh, you just mentioned the quote that people confuse doing something continuously. Yeah, constantly. Uh, constantly, we're doing something constantly. That I don't think anybody coined that one. So that would uh, <laughs> I Thank will take that from you. That one. <laughs> I'll start quoting you on that one. <laughs> so yes, Ed. Before I lo- ask my last question, where can people connect with you, reach out to you, learn more about you? Yes, yes. So I'm primarily on Instagram. That is my main platform. You can find me at simply with two Y's. So simply Saria. Um, I'm also on TikTok, but I'm not with the same name, simply Saria with two Y's, but I'm not as active on there. So if you do want to reach me, Instagram is always the best place. That's where my main platform is. That's where you can find all the information about um, the business that I'm a part of, the products that I sell and just the community in general. Beautiful. Please go reach out. Yes, the DMs <laughs> and, are always uh, open. <laughs> oh. And the last question would be, what do you think would be your biggest future regret? Something that when you'll be 80 years old, you'll be looking back in your life and thinking, oh, I, I, re- I knew that I really wanted to do that and I wish I have done it, but I have not done it. You, so you're up to this point, you have not done it yet. But you right. really know that you really want to do it, yeah. So as of right now, like what I haven't done yet. Yes, yes, yes. And you know you should. And your 80-year-old self would look back at, at your life and like, yeah, I kn- you knew that you should have done that. That's so interesting. What an interesting question. I love it. I mean, honestly, I really, I have, I really try to live my life without regret. And I really try to, you know, know that, you know, there's a lot of things that I haven't done yet, or there's a lot of things that I could be prioritizing more, or I could be making a bigger effort to do. But I really truly believe deep down that, you know, it's all part of my journey and it's all part of my plan. And whatever is transpiring right now is transpiring exactly as it should be. You know what I mean? And I try to, I try to release that as much as I can. And I, I really do trust in that. And so, you know, I could probably sit here and be like, I'm, you know, I'm definitely not reading enough books. I'm not reading enough books. That's for sure. I'm definitely not walking as much as I want to be walking. You know what I mean? Like I, I could sit here and say that and, and it's, tr- I totally believe it's true. But then another part of me knows that, you know, everything that's happening right now, it's really, truly all, it's just all part of the path and it's all learning and it's all lessons. Um, and I'm grateful for, 
for all of that. If I were to sit here and say like, you know, there's nothing, I, I feel like I've done everything. There wouldn't be, there would be no more growth. And I know that I'm going to be continuously growing and continuously evolving and continuously learning all the way up until I'm a hundred. Cause that's how long I want to live till. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much, Saria, for coming on the show. It has been such a pleasure to have you here and to talk with you. And oh my God, you mentioned so many things that anyone listening to this would be taking notes of, and especially the quote that we just coined in this podcast. So good. I love that. Oh, so Thank, you so, Thank you so much. Me. Oh, it was a pleasure. Mm -hmm.